morning. This is uh, one of the, uh, we're talking about transformation of communities this morning, and one of the things that is a, an essential ingredient is unity. So we thought we'd try and model unity by doing this together. <laughs> so, so if partway through you see some strange looks going back and forth, then you'll know that I probably spoke what she was going to say. <laughs> or vice versa. And actually, it was sort of God put in our heart that we needed to do it together. So we'll see how it goes, because we're used to doing things, well, speaking anyhow, <laughs> separately. <laughs> so the, um, some of the things that came out of the, uh, the worship scene this morning that I wanted to note, as, as we go through, we're going to tell you the story of our walk with, uh, with revival and transformation and how it's impacted our lives. And um, it's not a... Um, it's not an easy thing to talk about because we don't feel that it was all that it could have been. But in the song this morning, <coughs> it's the, the love that's shown to me in my unrighteousness. So regardless of, and then the, the, the Robin Mark song, you know, where he, Jesus closes the door and opens up the future for possibilities. And that's where we stand today. And that's why we wanted to talk to you about this because Jesus is always opening the doors of possibilities, Amen. and we want Amen. to talk about what that looks like for us as a <coughs> church fellowship, but for us as a community, Northport, Malagash, Wallace, wherever we happen to call home. So, so our current life, as everybody here knows, is in transition. So we live in and care for two places, Halifax and Pugwash. I was born in Pugwash, <coughs> some house sort of in this area, because um, back in those days, if you lived, if you were in the country, you ended up going into the village to have your baby. So my mother was in here, and now Don and I live part of the time on the Gulf Shore in the farmhouse that my parents moved into when I was three years old. Um, Don, although he grew up in Winnipeg, has been spending a lot of time in this area for the past 43 years since we met. He's been coming up. And can you be interested to know that he loved to go out in the field with the cows and the cows would all come around and look at him? <laughs> and my father, who was a farmer, would just laugh, you know, about the city boy, right? <laughs> so now he's got a very good relationship with cows. <laughs> Have me over, I'll show you. <laughs> So, and we've lived in Halifax most of our married lives, so we're committed to the land in both places. Um, back in 1999, we were invited uh, to go to St. John, New Brunswick, to attend a transformation conference, where we heard from people who were intimately, intimately involved with transformation in their home communities, our countries, like Cali, Columbia, Hemet, California, and I think there was several other as well. And the Sentinel Group had documented these experiences of communities that were had transformation um, and produced this video and they were showing it in St. John with the hope that it would encourage people to be hungry for transformation in the Atlantic provinces. <coughs> so this was really new and exciting to us and we were rather shocked that we were the only two people from Halifax. There were some other people from Nova Scotia, but we were like just a handful of people. But we were the only ones from Halifax. 
And, you know, we had that time people speaking into our lives. Um, so that conference came at a time that uh, we were seeing an amazing response of Christians uh, in Halifax joining the, the annual March for Jesus. So it went on for quite a few years. And I remember the first one I went to, you're sort of a little afraid to walk on the street with banners and music. And then by the end of it, which was 99, I think was the last one, or was it 2000? Anyhow, there was so many Christians came out and uh, it was really encouraging. There was a lot of things going on. The spirit was really moving during that period of time. Um, and so for the past 20 years, we've been following the transformation of other communities around the world that are documented by the Sentinel Group. And we have longed to see transformation happen here. So during the latter 90s and the first decade of the 21st century, our hope was fueled by our involvement with healing ministries and then in 2011 with a two-day conference called Empower Prayer in Canada or EPE at St. Francis Xavier University where the Archbishop actually welcomed us to Antigonish and blessed our event. It was a two-day event. The first day was a lot of teaching by a lot of local pastors and leaders on prayer and just the different aspects of prayer because there's so much and prayer is the foundation of, of transformation and revival. Um, day two was 12 hours of continuous worship and prayer. So it'd be worship, prayer, worship, prayer all day. It was awesome. And the Holy Spirit showed up that day and things happened that we could never have organized or even thought of. And so we had that expectation that this move of God was happening in Nova Scotia. So each DVD we watched about transformation of communities or countries in the world, and each gathering we attended had encouraged us and built our faith through that period of time. And, uh, and over the past 20 years, we prayed for revival and transformation, but we saw little change. And so our passion for revival and community transformation started to wane. You know, if you keep praying, nothing happens. If you pray, nothing happens. <clears throat> and the, so anyhow, there's this past week, we were reading or heard, or where was I? We either read or heard the warning in Revelations to the church in Sardis, Revelation 3, 1 to 2, which speak, spoke strongly to us. It says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. This was the angel speaking. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. And God was speaking to both of us. Because over this period of time, back to the 90s and the early 2000s, we've had a lot of people come to our house, uh, stay with us in Halifax, leaders and we were watching a video last night dvd and we've met and talked to a lot of the people that were here and they would bless us and they would speak words into us and you know we'd be excited and then here we go so god has spoken things into us there is a um, something that he wants us to do and it was like, wake up, the two of you. You know, you've got this reputation. 
And we know it's not true. Right? You said, I mean, you know, I almost cried when you said that we were a power couple. It's like, <laughs> no, we're not. We, we have a little. God wants a lot. And he wants a lot from each one of us in this room. Each one of us. He has a destiny. So anyhow, we stand before you and repent that our passion waned and that we were, no longer are, we were in danger of losing it. You know, just, you know, you get focused on, focused on LRADs, focused on all sorts of other things that are going on and discouraged. But, you know, God is faithful. Um, we didn't persevere as directed, and we have asked God's forgiveness. Thanks to God's mercy and faithfulness, our passion for the things of God's heart has not totally disappeared. He is faithful, and the Holy Spirit has been at work in our lives to wake us up. And you've heard, a lot of you've heard some of the things recently. <clears throat> so this fall, during the process of moving our stuff from one place to another, and we unearthed all of our transformation DVDs, and we've been watching them at the farmhouse where we don't have cable or the internet. So, you know, God said, he came through this box, let's watch these. <clears throat> this is a blessing that we didn't have television or internet. And we got a little excited again. It was like a fresh breeze that was blowing on the embers of our fire that's sort of waning. And following this, in the past month, we attended two events hosted by the Charismatic, Charismatic Catholics, one last Saturday in Moncton um, and one in, in Sackville, that further rekindled the embers of passion to see revival and transformation. It is our journey seeking revival and transformation that we believe that the Lord wants us to share today. So it's time for personal revival first, as Ephesians 5.14 states, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Then, transformation of our communities. But it begins with us. It begins with us. <laughs> I never thought about it till this morning. And when Ethel was reading from Revelation, it said, I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. So most of you know the story of what happened to me two and a half years ago when my heart failed and I became a person wearing a backpack all the time or some other device. Uh, and it was God's mercy that carried me through. And in reading this, I thought, yeah. Our, our, what he has in store for us is not yet complete. Yeah. It doesn't matter what our physical age is. It doesn't matter if you've got afflictions. God has something in store for each of us. And what we're talking about this morning is, what does he have in store for us collectively? So I want to talk about what's the difference between revival and transformation. So revival is a coming to life with the power of the Holy Spirit. It is born out of the Lord's calling us to himself and our response to him. Passion for relationship with the Lord is born and there is an excitement. 
many of you have, at have attended or heard about revival in Belfast PEI. Alvin was talking about that earlier. Where Robin Mark brings great worship, like what we've heard this morning, and his pastor Paul and Priscilla Reed bring teachings and encouragement to the small community in rural PEI. When we attended, we are when we attend there, we are filled with excitement because there is a joy to be found in the unity of believers. There's no other place that we'd rather be. Why, you ask? Because we can feel the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. I, I remember one time I was worshiping and had my hands up and it's like I could feel the Holy Spirit just above my fingertips. It was really quite amazing. So these are, these are happenings of revival. And uh, so another thing is what we, we were also really quite excited when we went to Amherst with, uh, with Carmen uh, in the midst of this, uh, we went to this uh, Between the Hearts Roman Catholic uh, Renewal Center. And uh, here, there we heard this fellow by the name of uh, Stephen List. And he was one of four people who had a prophetic word one of four Americans who had a prophetic word about Nova Scotia and there being a revival come here and then out of the revival was going to spread across Canada and down through the States. So that was pretty exciting. And that the Lord was going to, there was going to be a, an outpouring. So this message of uh, impending revival was something that got us quite excited. But I think or Ethel and I at least, what was equally exciting was the unity of believers. Uh, they were so, after the teaching, they were so generous, they invited us to stay for a meal, we sat down and shared with them, and, and it was this amazing discussion, saying, well, did you have any problems with the way that things were presented here today? We said, absolutely not. You could, it, it, as believers, we came together and the Holy Spirit just Amen. was, was uh, evident everywhere. Okay, transformation is a different thing. It begins in the passion of revival, but becomes a comprehensive change in the culture around us. Transformation begins in the passion of revival, but becomes a comprehensive change in the culture around us. The entire community, not just what we know as church today, is impacted and a new sense of destiny is in following the Lord. It's this transformation that Ethel and I long for. Revivals are exciting, it moves our heart, but we want to be able to carry that through as God unfolds before us the amazing change in our community. You have a name? This one? Kelly? Yes, may I say that now? That's my note. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Early. Early on in the uh, transformation videos, uh, or also in, in this message that we heard when, way back when we went to St. John Brunswick, was a, a woman from, uh, from Cali, Colombia, and she was talking about when the transformation began, that there were so many people giving their lives to the Lord every week, every day, that churches were phoning up other churches and saying, you know, we've got too many people to pray for today, can we send some people to you? And apparently this was happening every day of the week. And it just spread out through the city to all the churches. Imagine here, you go to the little churches around where there's just a, a, a remnant of people. But what if there was such an infilling of our community with the Holy Spirit that things began to stir and people are coming here and 
we've got the door open and we're using a video projector out there because we can't fit everybody in here and then we're sending people everywhere else. It was so exciting as God started to move. <laughs> There's also um, in El Malanga, Guatemala, it was transformation. So it was a very poor community. Agriculture wasn't doing very well. Um, a lot of crime, a lot of alcoholism, a lot of family abuse. And there was people that started praying, right? which is how revival starts. And they started praying and things started to change. And then as people changed, and of course they're, they've got jobs and they're working and, they, and everything starts to change. People, they, they turn the, uh, the jails into churches. You know, they had a lot of jails before, and the, the sheriff didn't have anything to do. He's, you know, there was nobody to put in jail. And, um, and then the land started to heal. So they started exporting. They became a big exporter of vegetables and what, whatever. And the, the vegetables themselves, I'll never forget in the, the video, there's a carrot, sort of a size, you know, like a big, perfect carrot, but a huge carrot, mm -hmm. and big cabbages, and uh, anyhow, all of the trucks had, you know, Jesus is Lord, and yeah. coming into the town, um, <coughs> Jesus is Lord, and, you know, in uh, Fiji, that country had transformation, too, and in Canada, up in Pond Inlet, um, there was a, a move of, of the Lord, and the fish stock started to come back. So it's not, it's transformation is bigger than just people. It's the land. So, so we like to get you folks involved at this moment <laughs> to imagine. So the song we started with, this is one of those Holy Spirit connecting things, that uh, we want you to imagine what this community, and I'm, I'm speaking broadly now to the area that's geographically that's the North Shore, but what would this area look like if we experienced this transformation? Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to warn you that I have been thinking about this, particularly about for some of you folks, so I hope that you can, you know, before I identify your issue here. <laughs> so so what, what do you think it would look like? Just throw up ideas. Thank you. 
And I was reflecting upon this for you in particular. Mm. I was thinking of the testimonies that your daughter has given. And I thought, what if she went to school and she was surrounded by loving, caring, understanding people mm. and not, not bullies? Exactly. And, and everything that goes out beyond that, there's mm. the personal interaction. But yeah. what about the, you know, the, the, the negative things that are said mm. on social media and the mm. pornography and oh. all of those things? Mm. If that shifted, mm. how much different it would be yeah. for her. let them see Jesus in us and so they would want that themselves. Mm -hmm. Set a live a lifestyle <coughs> that people would say, hey, where's that happening? Mm -hmm. What is it? It's Jesus. You know, I want some of that. But it all has to start from us. To spread the mm -hmm. word, encourage, uh, invite, whatever. And if we pray about that, Many times I've walked away from something saying, oh, I missed an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I should have taken it. Mm -hmm. And I go home and pray about it, but not the same as saying to somebody, you know, if it's a problem, I want to solve all of your problems. <coughs> it's not hard mm -hmm. to us. Uh, get into the Word, and it's an answer to every solution. Or a solution to any answer. Mm -hmm. Ben, I was thinking about this uh, this transformation for you, and we heard your agricultural report mm -hmm. earlier. But I was imagining, what about in Cumberland County, if uh, if we had mm -hmm. all this award-winning cattle, mm -hmm. uh, and not only that, but that there was a, a shift. This is really going way out there, but a shift in the market, so that mm -hmm. the farmers actually received their due. Yeah. Uh, sustainable industry. Exactly. Yeah. School? Yes. At the Northport School, the children come with full tummies. Amen. The children go Amen. home to a house that's warm. warm. Not only physically warm, but warm in the spirit yes. where the families are coming together mm -hmm. because the spirit of the Lord is there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a couple uh, restoration is the word that we throw around in our political arena and in our lives and in our school. And I know that Andrew has spoken, I think it was in an interview, I can't give a lot of away, but that, that word that means to make someone whole, mm -hmm. to make communities whole, that healing is restoration. Mm -hmm. And so I see our community very deep about that. Mm -hmm. that. And uh, all children and people have a nutritious mm -hmm. food mm -hmm. that God has given them and understand where it comes from, yeah. that our families are fed. And they're not hungry. Right. The poverty in this area would be eliminated <coughs> based on our efforts to, uh, as God heals the land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, that's a big thing. And then the other thing I see is um, our camp. Mm -hmm. And when you speak 
Don Azzle, and you know, currently Dave Troop is the director for the next two years to come. And having talked to him about his vision, that lines up with the vision of a few of us that are sitting here this morning that have helped direct. I, you can see in that as he's working to make that camp vibrant to the whole that mm -hmm. God is using him, <coughs> but speaking life into the council mm -hmm. that directs. That oversees the whole thing, that mm -hmm. they can move in step with a vision that has been brought mm -hmm. forward for many of us on the ground people mm -hmm. for years now. Mm -hmm. That they will awaken up to and see its <coughs> place in our community on the shore, yep. and that it will burst at the seams with, with children mm -hmm. who are finding Jesus at camp Ooh. and youth and teens and mm -hmm. people Amen. that are healed there. And what about the liquor store turning into something else, oh, like yeah. a bigger grocery store with local produce? Ooh, yeah. And how about the um, Eaton Lodge Ooh. being a place that people from all over the world come to because that's where they're going to find God's peace, Ooh, not amen. just, you know, amen. hogwash peace, no. but, <laughs> but God's peace. God's peace is is what people look for and desire, and it's out of that peace that people would stop um, looking for other things through New Age, through alcohol, through drugs. You know, it's when God gives the peace and acceptance and their identity, things change. Communities change. So. That's right. Yes, amen. So it becomes all encompassing. Mm. And it begins with just a few <coughs> people. Mm. Amen. Amen. Do we expect is the question. Mm -hmm. And do we anticipate it? Is the second question. Mm. That's where they're getting to. And then do we choose? <laughs> you got a mirror up here reading our notes or what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Another thing, I think, I think it's time that we recognize that we will come to recognize that we have an enemy. Yes. Mm -hmm. That we have an enemy that stands against God. Mm -hmm. We need to be a people that will not bow the knee to the enemy mm -hmm. and not listen to the voices that are out there. Mm -hmm. And did you see the power when we didn't have the overhead working? Did you see the power of the Holy Spirit Amen. and the worship yes. that came out? Amen. Okay. okay. And it's amazing how many people don't want to talk about that. I travel to work every day with an amazing, lovely lady, but she, um, you know, she believes in God, but then she says, "Well, everyone has to have their beliefs," and I was like, "Yeah, we, we've been debating this for 21 years." But anyway, you know, when I. 
her son, Zachary, is saved in this church. And, uh, but again, it's so hard because she doesn't want to acknowledge that there is an enemy. And I will say to her, you know, there is Carolyn. Like, so it's so dangerous if you can't accept the fact that that is, you know, that negative talk uh, that likes to make us feel unworthy, mm -hmm. that likes to, you know, and all the other things and the temptations and whatever. But it, it is amazing how many people do not want to get there and, and realize there is that. And it's such an attack on our minds. It's too scary for our minds. <laughs> that's what it is for her, Alvin. And, and the, you know, she might not want to raise her name, but I already did it. But anyway, yeah, that's the thing with Carolyn. She doesn't want to acknowledge that. So here's the question. Um, what we want to do first, and, and this came from last Sunday. Ross is an excellent, excellent teacher of the word. Last Sunday, he spoke on two verses, the first two verses of Jude. And verse one speaks of knowing our identity in Christ, which is key. And verse two lists God's blessings for us, all the things that he has for us. And we were just really grateful to Ross for that message. And the questions that he left with us, he said first, do we desire the blessings of God, which are mercy, peace, and love, which he then expounded upon for a long time? So full. Or do we desire other things more? Are we happy with the status quo? Or do we want more car, another car, you know, all those things? Second question, do we love others as Jesus commanded? And as Ross pointed out, if we realized how much God loves us, we would want to love others more. And he ended his message with Matthew 6.33. But seek first, first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So that seeking is the road to transformation. That seeking, seeking after God. And we really want to just... Um, tell you how much we appreciate Ross's teaching. Mm -hmm. He mines scripture for us and his teaching is a treasure. So mm -hmm. tell your dad that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, this is you. So one of the things that uh, in these transformation videos that we've looked at, the Sentinel Group came up with a, a list of principles that can be followed. So as a community, we can't really script write a script for God. It's not like, here, come play a part in this play. Uh, but there are these principles that we can follow. And the principles are like, going back to agriculture, there's like tilling the ground. So in other words, tilling in the spirit, tilling the ground in this area so that we are collectively making the place ready for this visitation of the Holy Spirit that will come in and transform our community. So the first principle is that uh, there is opportunity. And that really is focused around the fact that God wants to come in and transform our community. It's not that he's walked away and he's indifferent. It's his heart to come and, uh, and for that transition to be here. And, and we wonder if perhaps God is waiting for us to be sufficiently dissatisfied with the status quo that he would, is he waiting until our hearts break for Pugwash or the surrounding area 
before he will come in his majesty. But we need to know as at the outset that he wants to be here. He wants to transform. We also, uh, in uh, some of these recent teachings that we've heard, uh, that the Stephen List, for example, is saying, get ready, get ready. God wants to sweep our land and do amazing things. So God is inviting us to seek him first. Um, second point, principle. And these are just principles that they've looked at as they've looked at all the different communities that have been transformed. They looked at what, if, what were the principles. So there's holiness, a desire for holiness, and then there is holiness. As its followers, God wants us to be change agents. In order to do this, we must be changed agents. We can't be a change agent until we're actually changed. Uh, seeking first his righteousness. Who changes us? Who changes us? Jesus. Yeah. The Holy Spirit changes us. We just need to let him change us. Romans 12.2 instructs us, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Transformation. As we seek holiness, 2 Corinthians 3.18 states that we are being transformed into the image of Christ with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So all we need to do is be willing. The Holy Spirit will do the work. So it's submitting. To be willing means that we're willing to let him do whatever it takes. And then that's submission. And so often it's hard to submit because we live in a culture where everything, we want to be in control. So how do we want to submit and let go of control? It's a key. Oh, this is still me. Um, third point principle is humility. As Ross mentioned last week, we are called to be humble servants with contrite hearts. What role does humility play in revival and transformation of individual lives and communities? What role does it play? It's key. We only have to turn to 2 Corinthians 7.14. And when we pray for our, or we, sorry, we often pray 2 Chronicles 7.14. When we pray for our community, province, and country. And we pray in City Hall in Halifax. And we know that you know the prayer movements across the country, when they have their prayer list, this is the verse. Um, if my people, everybody knows it, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So it's not just us. It's our land. It's our you know, our community. So it's, this is one of God's promises. But it's an if, it's an if-then statement. And so we recognized over the years, if, if we're humble, if we pray, if we seek God's face, seeking God's face is, you know, suggests effort, right? If you're seeking something, it's not, it means 
It's not right there. Well, I mean, with Jesus, yes, it is right there. But we need to get through the other stuff to actually seek it. It's, it's that's that's the job we're supposed to do. Um, and so we we are encouraged by this promise today, and as New Testament Christians, as believers, we are God's children because we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So often we read that as a personal promise to us as individuals and then to community of believers. And we acknowledge the conditions and pray into them. When This is back to the, our repentance. When we see no change, we often wonder, you know, what's wrong? You know, what happened? What we forget is that God sees our hearts and his conditions of humility may not be met by our current acts of prayer, mm. humility, or repentance. They may be taking some pride in things, mm. which is the opposite mm. of humble. Mm. Um, you know, our prayers. I may did be, it. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's that's because that's part of our culture, mm. and our culture mm. causes us to um, to not enter into that. Mm. I am in um, a Dutch sheep's uh, um, just herd. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it is we didn't pray long enough. We didn't enough. And because we don't know what it is, God looks right. down from above right. and sees everything that's going on. So we may be doing, all of us may be doing exactly what we should be doing, but he's got other things and going on, and we don't know what's going on. So that's we're doing right. our little thing, and we should right. just stick doing our little thing. There's ways around our eyes. There's ways around our eyes. The other thing is that the enemy can be at work. And so that's another problem. And so that's why we need to be persevering. Um, I think maybe I'll just skip that. <laughs> this is what you, know, you sort of go, okay. And it's 1230. Um, no. This little part I need to say. No, but this is the little part I have to say because. Um, You're going to be my university. <laughs> <laughs> um, something jumped out at me yesterday and was, you know, we all know what was going on in, with Solomon and God's promise came with my people was that promise to Solomon after Solomon dedicated the temple and, and said, God, I know we're going to sin, but when we turn back, will you, will you, will you forgive us? And God said, yes. Then he does if, if, if then statements. Um, and God said he's, he knew that his people would sin and that he would punish. Well, so we knew that uh, his people would sin and he would let them suffer the consequences. And then they would turn to him and he would forgive them and they'd start again. But... I went to 2 Chronicles 7, 19-22, which is sort of the negative side of this dialogue with God. And it's verse 8, verse 14 says, But if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I have given you and go off to serve other gods, I will uproot you. And then he was talking about Israel. From my land and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. Now, that's Old Testament. For us today, 
we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, we've been given many gifts. Jesus has given us many gifts. And Ephesians 6 talks about what he's given us to stand firm, right? So that we, we will not become a, a ridicule. Or, you know. So the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth. Jesus is the truth. So Jesus gives us all of these. And the sword of the Holy Spirit, which is the word of God, mm. and then with our feet, fit it with the gospel mm. of peace, we're to stand firm. Mm. Right? So Jesus did that for us. He's paid the price. He's given us all of this so that we can stand firm. Um, what happens if we don't stand firm? So this is the part. Right? <laughs> um, same as with Israel. Uh, we can get uprooted, and we can get pushed back if we're not standing firm. We can get we can have all the armor on, but we can get pushed back. And um, today, Christians are getting uprooted, and Christianity is a byword, and is ridiculed in the world. Christians, as Christians, we're often ridiculed. We are afraid to speak up in certain situations, aren't we? You know, there's that fear. Uh, especially in the Western world. So we often say, why is you know revival going on every place else and nothing's happening here? Well, maybe we've stepped back. We're comfortable. We're comfortable. Yeah. But we can turn. <laughs> well, we've said before that it's uh, uh, the, the third principle is individual transformation. So that... Uh, it starts with us. So when I go back to this example, when we were up in Amherst and uh, I really felt the presence of the Spirit, there was a stirring. And I think that's where we've been. When, when you contemplate what we're saying today, when you come before the Lord in a quiet space, then that's a place where individual transformation can start and then that can move out to a community. So each of us needs to ask ourselves, why, are, why would we even be interested in transformation? So we talked before about what it might look like, but it's a, it's a fundamental question and it goes back to our comfort. Uh, are we prepared to set aside some of our comforts in order to play a part in what God wants to do in our land? So the next uh, principle in, in tilling the spiritual land is uh, is unity. So as followers of Jesus, we must be unified, not just within this fellowship at the meeting place, but with other believers. When we were in Moncton last week uh, with our Catholic brothers and sisters, we felt that unity. People together in the spirit, looking past the rituals of church to the presence of the spirit among us. So the Re Reformation was when was 500 years ago and is when uh, churches started there was a split and there was subdivisions and subdivisions and subdivisions and and uh, we heard uh, an excellent word um, up in Amherst where the fellow said it's time to celebrate the end of the Reformation and the beginning of formation mm. so it's a new formation under the Holy Spirit that uh, that we're stepping into okay. 
So desperation in prayer is the next one. So we talked about prayer. And the prayer that, uh, that this is talking about, <coughs> this is not the prayer to the Lord for his intervention in the needs of our day. But rather what it is, <coughs> it's, it's a long travailing prayer that could go on for weeks or months or years, asking God in his mercy to intervene. So travailing prayer lays hold of God. <laughs> travailing prayer lays hold of God and helps him mold us into the person or people that he would want us to be. And then there's God's unique plans. God's work is always unique, and it is usually unexpected, a delight and a wonder. He comes on his own terms. We cannot format his presence or his response. And as we, was mentioned on one of the DVDs that we've watched, God doesn't need to show up, uh, doesn't need to show off, just show up. He doesn't need to do but sometimes he, because we're thick, he may do something that's very astounding to get our attention. And then we need leaders who are committed to the community. Right. And leaders don't have to be you know, people who are recognized you know, in society as leaders. Leaders are people who have God's heart. And they're committed to their community, love their community, and long for God to do what man cannot do to bring wholeness and healing for this generation and those to follow. God is looking for leaders who will not give up, who are willing to pay the price and who have no desire to take credit for what God will do. God doesn't share his glory. Leaders that God chooses, as I mentioned, are usually not ones that man would choose. And we can look to the scripture to see who he's chosen, and in that period of time, they wouldn't have been the people that their peers would have chosen. Hmm? Fishermen. Yeah. Fishermen? Collect tax collectors? Yeah. So once again, the principles that we can follow to fill till our community for transformation are asking for the opportunity, holiness, humility, our individual transformation, unity, fostering unity, desperation and prayer and following God's unique plans, not programs, you can't program God, and committed leaders. So when we look at our society, we can become discouraged and we can lose the passion and hope that the Lord planted in us. And he's planted in each one of us. Uh, but we can take heart in several scriptures. So Ezekiel 37, 4, God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the dry bones. He said, dry bones, hear the words of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. And then they became a mighty army. For us, New Testament Christians, we have a Holy Spirit who will bring us to life. And we're not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we recently heard another current current day prophetic voice, Jeremiah Johnson, who said that Christians in Canada need to stay hungry and humble. God will prevail. Renewal will come again. So we need to seek his face as never before. So that's essentially the message that we wanted to bring. No matter where you're at or how people perceive you, you need to persevere, prevail, 
and God know that God is with us and he is going to do what he has already planned to do. We just need to hold on, press in, and keep going. So as I look at the clock, uh, we're talking about dry bones, perhaps we should have done a dry run. Yeah, <laughs> we did do that. <laughs> With our watch on to see <laughs> how long it was going to take. So, but uh, we really, although there's a lot of information here, we thought it was really important. Absolutely. As God stirred us, you are our family here. Speaking to our family and say, "Yes, okay, we, let's do we, it. We can do this. Our chins, my chin's up now, right. and I'm I'm looking at the horizon, and I'm optimistic, and maybe together we can capture that and move forward to what the Lord would do." 